Whether it's talk about the state of hockey. Just conversing about the world of professional wrestling. Oh my god! You know what? You just made the list! Oh no! Oh, here we go. Or other pop culture phenomenon. Rob and Dave give you, the listener, their uncensored opinions on the High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast. The first period starts right now. Duty, what it all. Welcome to the High Sticks and Super Kicks Podcast, Rob and Dave, episode 58. High Sticks and Super Kicks, your home for the perfect blend. Hockey and professional wrestling. Episode yeah. 58, the David Savard. He plays on Columbus, who's oh. still in the playoffs. <laughs> and might still be playing a game <laughs> at this point. Why are they? Is it another game of, of overtime? I don't know. I haven't looked at any scores. It's or been what, today. like 12 games so far, whatever, and 11 of them have gone to overtime? <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. That's, well, when you have, what, two weeks worth of uh, training and then a game, you know. Yeah, two games. Was it two games? I thought everybody just had one. I think everybody played like two games. Ah. Yeah. Well, there you have it. But it's back, and we have something to talk about. Which I know is that's exciting. why we're doing a podcast. <laughs> I mean, first, we couldn't do it a couple of weeks ago before, where I wanted to do like a preview because I had a leaky basement. Um, there is still, if you had a camera on, and I could show you the the level of dust that's ah. <laughs> all over my my studio, <laughs> the studio. Yeah, well, hey, you know what? I got prepped. I got myself some Tim Hortons K-Cup coffee. I'm ready to go. I don't have a oh, toque. That's, that's the good toque. stuff. That's what it's all about. A boot. I got. I don't have a toque, but I got my AEW hat on. I'm good to go. I'm a big homer. I thought you would have played Kamala's music. Why? That's He's dead. Intro. <laughs> well, you know, one last hurrah. I don't, do you want to slap your tummies and moan a little bit? To... <laughs> ah! Who ever thought 20 years worth of wrestling because you slapped your tummy? Hey. He made his money. We have a crescent um, moon and two stars over his pecs. I'll call yep. them pecs. His breathlessness. His man pancakes. All right. So let's get into before we start talking about other breathlessness. Uh-huh. All right. So we'll start off with our crease the crease segment here about the New Jersey Devils. Um, who are not in the playoffs. Who are not, no. Who are two months worth into uh, um, socially distancing on the golf course. No, I, I think some of them are uh, probably still doing practice stuff or whatnot, but at the arena with the 
appropriate uh, safety measures and whatnot. But the big news out of there, um, two big news is actually, uh, the more recent one of um, Riley Walsh signing his entry-level contract, three years, 925K, I guess if he plays with the big club. Um, I'm hoping that Binghamton has a season because I don't see him making really the cr- team cracking the unless, roster. Yeah, and unless then, he unless we get rid of people, or unless, um, or unless he just starts doing the Wayne Gretzky on the defensive end. That who knows? Or maybe he could have that Harvard league, smarts. Yeah, or maybe the league is going to allow the NHL larger rosters going into next season for like what, like the first month? You think if you're to go that way, or the whole year? I think it'll be the whole year until there is a vaccine from the China virus and we, uh, you know, they can restfully put a lineup out there, Mm. you know, and not worry about, oh man, this guy's got the Rona. I'm going to talk about just a little bit before getting into the double stuff. Like the other sports, I think uh, uh, the NFL, as they start in their training camp, has an expanded roster base. Uh, baseball had it for about a month. Um, I don't know what MLS soccer does. All I know is that they're kind of in a bubble, aren't they? MLS and the NBA too. Yeah. They're, so the bubble but, seems to work. It's worked for the NH. It's worked flawlessly for the NHL. They've had yeah, well, like, well, from what we know, eighteen hundred tests, zero positives. Yeah, That's they're the, testing guys like Crosby eighteen times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Because they know he isn't going anywhere. Uh-huh. Well, that's true. Can you imagine getting hooked up in a hotel for two months, three months, not doing anything, playing foosball after I, games? Or in... I think I saw Vegas. They had drive-in movie night, and they had like one of the conference rooms and a big <laughs> screen, and they had all pillows on the floor and couches nice. for them to watch a movie and stuff. Like it, it's cool. Yes, but but especially if. If you're like a middle-aged single guy, yeah. I'm sure you're looking at it as, all right, I get to play cards with the guys and and whatever. But like, if you're a guy with a family and knowing like, let's say you're like Vegas, where you're going to be pushing for a three-month run in the playoffs. Right. That's like, that's three months without seeing your family. That's a lot of Zoom Other time. than what we're doing right now. Yeah, that's true. You know, like. It's it rough. sucks, but on the other hand, if there was a genie that could pop out of a bottle and grant me a wish to be a pro hockey player right now, you'd play in the bubble. I'd take all three wishes and make it that. <laughs> I think uh, what was I forget one of the games. Uh, it was regular playoff game stuff, but um, somebody from the uh, Blue Jackets. I think it was Kane or somebody sitting in the stands. I think somebody asked him whatever you know, like what when was the last time like you watched you like, like watched a hockey game, and he was like. Dude, it was like like peewees. Yeah, <laughs> hey, be, to... I saw a meme where it showed like the corner of the rink and the whole other like a whole other team that was playing next was just like standing there. And that stuff you see at rinks all the time. Like Wait. even when I was coaching, I would I would love to get to the rink early to watch whoever's playing. I don't care who it is. You know, that's when you pick up things. And and as a pro player, you're probably watching, especially somebody like Patrick Kane, where you know what, you're watching a team you might be playing against. You might notice that, I don't know, Nate Schmidt is weak on his backhand side and you take him wide. Like, that's the little things that the great players pick up on. 
or I think when they were showing video of him, dude was like face face down on his phone, talking or laughing or texting or whatever. Yeah. But hey, I think it was intermission. It's the, it's the world we live in. Of course. So, uh, Riley Walsh, are you surprised that he signed or? No. I, 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 the I, reason why is because there's going to be no college hockey. Yeah, Harvard, so, Harvard closed. So Right. Or, so he has his best chance to continue skating now. Because yeah, he's probably too old to go play juniors. That's one. Two, if they do expand the roster, I would imagine he could be one of those players. And if I'm coaching, even if he's essentially, let's say, a red-shirted rookie right. where he can practice with the team, but he's not going to play in any games, that's a better experience for him than not playing. <laughs> oh, that's true. I also think, too, that a couple of his other – uh, teammates from Harvard all signed their deals too, so okay, like, so he knew. So he saw the writing. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not going down on the Titanic here. I can I can equate it to that episode of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where uh, where the Fresh Prince is just Will is just sitting there looking in an empty living room, just looking around, going, "Where'd everybody go?" That that would that would be Riley Walsh. If he decided did, not to did go. He say like it's wicked quiet in here. So this is a Harvard bar. Harvard, 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 Harvard. Um. So, yeah, so there's that one. I mean, three years, that's fine. I don't mind it. Um, a lot of people are online were, were flipping out saying, oh, you would have turned into the next Fox. You would have turned into the next this guy and just leave us and just wait it all out and everything. Uh, a couple of the, no. the Straight Up Devils um, podcasts that I've listened to were like, no, he most likely was going to sign with us anyway just because of this whole six degrees of separation thing in hockey. Somebody brought up a picture when um, Fitzy was playing with the Islanders, and I guess Riley Walsh's dad played with Fitzy on the Islanders, and there's a picture of him and Riley Walsh as a youngin. Yeah, and they titled that together in a nice, pretty little bow. And I go six degrees of separation. That, that's all. That's, that's sports. That's hockey in general, though. I mean, you're, you're going to take, you know, there's probably pictures of me from hockey camp in Boston back in. 1990 where i was probably with some guys that were in the nhl and i had no fucking clue boston you know, like boston uh brewing prospect dave yeah no definitely not back then but uh yeah i mean i went to hockey camp at boston university for a week in the summer and there was definitely guys there that i there were instructors there that were boston university players that at the time I had no clue, but they probably when I it might have been fucking Jay Pandolfo for all I know, like right. one of those kind of players. I had the only one I remember meeting is they were having an alumni game the last day that we were leaving. Right. And I got to meet John Cullen, who was okay. a pretty big player for the Penguins, Tampa Bay, and whatnot. Um, ended up having Hodgkin's disease and then beat it and came back kind of stuff. And I got to meet him. I got his autograph. Joe Sacco, who was the coach of the Avalanche for a while and the Bruins. Uh, I got to meet him. But like as far as the younger guys, and I'm sure that I was skating at that camp with kids that were that went on to play Division One or maybe even mm -hmm. higher. But it's pretty awesome. I mean, everybody. I think if especially in this in this sport, if you are around long enough and you you travel enough you're going to probably cross like we're going to talk about kevin lebank mm -hmm. i remember coaching kevin lebank when he was like 
six years old. Wow, look at that. Like, I remember him. He he played for his so, dad. He's from Staten Island. His dad, Milan, great, super great guy. I remember him. Awesome. Always friendly to talk to. Kevin was always the best player, easily, hands down. Some, like, I remember watching him. Somebody needs to become an advanced scout behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that'll be our next prod podcast. We'll go out and scout New Jersey high school. New sure. Jersey players. Sure. All right. So along well, with Riley Walsh getting signed, uh, the only basically at the beginning of this whole bubble thing, all I cared about were two game, two series, I guess. And I was going to say I was done with hockey, which obviously is not the case anymore. No, that's um, awesome. I wanted Vancouver to win to get into that playoffs. So we got that draft pick. Voila, that happened. Um, Arizona. Um, I don't know. I was a toss-up. I don't know if getting them into the playoffs or having them lose because they could have gotten a higher draft pick that was out of the top three. But I, it was, yeah. But I don't it, know which one I wanted more. Yeah, I mean, it would have been great, but we weren't getting the first overall. Fuck the people who did. Um, well, we, well the, we let's let's just put it out there, shove it under the rug. Barkin Rangers. Anyway, I'll tell you what. It's and. Well, I know we'll probably talk about it later, but I hate that they got it because my it's phone them. blew up with all of my Ranger fan friends yes. that were like, we got it. We got it. We're going to get the, we're going to get Lafonniere. Okay, cool. Guess what? It, we got two first round picks too. And look where we are right now. Okay. Sorry. We, we were one win away from being in this whole little round Robin tournament thingy. Let's just right. put it that way. If we beat Pittsburgh, we would have been whatever. If you step back from being a devil fan and, and look at the big picture good for the league for hockey, it's good for hockey because you know what, if that kid went to a Montreal, if he went to a Vancouver, if he went to let's even a Florida, you know, he would have been, Oh, that's that guy that was that first round pick, or it would have been, how come he's not good enough? And at least in New York, he's going to be, a marketed well. He's going to be all over the place. His rookie contract is going to be a drop in a bucket for his versus right. his sponsorships, possibly, and all that. Two or B, he is going to not have the same pressure on him from the media and whatnot. He's not going to be under like he's going to be able to walk out of Madison Square Garden and go down the street, and no one's not going to know. They're going to be like, "Oh, look at that eighteen-year-old kid. Where's his parents?" You know. True. Yeah. Otherwise, in 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 Hockeyville, USA, everybody's going to be like, you 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 were only a plus one in that game. You suck. Right. And you know, just, you didn't have any shots in that game. But on the other side, I think of players that have gone to the New York Rangers with hype and have failed miserably. Your Wade Reddins and you know your but, Lindros and your Bore, where but, they came in with so much flair woo, that he. You know, you're never going to live up to the people who actually boo their own team. But, and I'll, I'll counter that point with, it's it's a different Ranger organization now. That's yeah, but the fans, the assholes are still the same. The same assholes that sit in front of you with a Lindros jersey and their sleeves rolled up. <laughs> and their khaki pants and their tie. Yeah. Right? yeah. I know. Looking at their cell phone, double fist and beers. Yeah. 
talking about i remember in 94 i was like six years old yeah that's when you started watching hockey and that's great but (laughs) you haven't watched the full game since we talk about lundquist baby the greatest there is we can do a whole show on stupidity at devil ranger games and it's not just ranger fans when the season's over great topic right at that right that time so now coming in with this um draft we get three first round picks a seventh and anywhere probably what if it really depends. Anywhere between, what, like the 15th and the 30th, 31st, 31st pick? Look, that's three first-round picks. I don't care. They said this first round supposed to be s- s- deep enough, right? Yeah. You have your the opportunity. Issue, the, again, the only issue is with this draft, you have to be – and I don't think I've heard anybody else say this, and I haven't listened to the, the, the last two spit and chicklets to, or, or 31 Thoughts. You have to be smart who you're drafting. And I'm, I know you have to be smart all of the time. No, I, I think I know where you're going. But but where are they going to play mm-hmm. after they get drafted? Yeah, that college kid might be a really, really good pick, but he might need more seasoning. And if there's no AHL and there's no college hockey, now what do you do with after you draft him? Now, what happens if they want to go overseas? Are they tied like to a three, four, two-year deal there before if they, they even got to come entry back? They level contract with us. That's it, right? That, that no, they can. We can loan them. Loan, but that, then we're we, eating up one of our fifty contracts. We actually did that with Graham Clark, I think, the yeah. Devils. There's somebody else too that went. Yeah, uh, but, Studiak. Yeah, Studnik. But they're going to be calling him before the season starts, so he's getting his playing time. Right, whatever. and that's fine. But that's that's going to be the big question if you draft a college kid. Right. Or I know that the OHL and the Canadian Hockey League, Canadian Junior Hockey League, is, you know, they're talking about starting their season in like December, mm-hmm. like when the NHL is supposed to start up. That's great, but the draft is going to be what September. Yeah. So what's that kid going to do for three months? And I, that is across all sports. The NFL draft for next season, right? Because college basically isn't going to play. Same thing with the hockey players. Same thing for everything. So it's while you have while you say smart, it's got to be one of those how how can you project their upside better? You can say uh, he'll he'll score like twenty goals in his first year. Well, how close to that twenty goals can you get? If he scores five, you wasted that pick. You know what I mean? If he gets 25, well, okay. I don't know shit about the NFL. Um, Can you get drafted from the NFL to the NFL from the Canadian Football League? I don't know. Because if I'm a college kid. Going to Canada first. I'll go to Canada first and play. I'd rather play than get my education in Swahili. It's true. (laughs) <laughs> I major in you're gonna, Swahili. You're gonna major in Swahili, right? So we we have we have ammo, we have draft, it- we have capital in our, in our salary cap. We have three first round picks. There there are team and there's a couple articles that were posted by the uh, pucks and pitchforks uh, regarding potential trade packages and and, and whatnot. Um, so we can get to that shortly, but we have ammunition. I I go back to what Ray Shiro did during the times where he got um, Marcus Johansson and he got all these players through cap strap teams. They were great moves, right? Mm-hmm. If only we had a coach and a system. 
Now, Fitzy being falling from the Shiro tree, I'm sure he has his own vision. To get to trade Sammy Vaughton hurt to the Carolina Hurricanes and getting a high second round pick plus whatever the consideration stuff is. Yeah, he needs to play, I think, like three more games for us to make it a third round pick. Side note to that, the you know, the the one of the hockey games that went to like what quadruple gazillion overtimes. So they pushed the uh Boston and Carolina game to the next day at eleven o'clock. They healthy scratched Sammy Vaughn. Well, that's because they dressed Dougie Hamilton. Oh, did they? Yeah. I thought it, I see all right, so then I kinda take it back, but I thought of okay. Right now it's a fourth round pick. Eh, fourth round pick. Oh crap, he needs to play X amount of games for a third? Mm. What what do you weigh? Do you, do you weigh giving up that pick? Do you weigh playing him and going into the cup finals? Like he's a good defenseman, quarterback right. power play. Yeah. Hey, it's yeah. a long playoff in Carolina, you know. They want to roll the dice like that. Because Dougie Hamilton's not at 100%, and that's I, fine. All it takes is one big hit off of somebody. And but I Vaughton is a third rounder. Everything is sitting in Tom Fitzgerald's lap to do something to not get us in the right direction, but to get us a couple steps ahead of that right direction. Smart, he just needs smartly. to. Yeah. Smartly. If, smartly. Smartly. Smartage. Mm-hmm. Um, he just needs to. Part of me wants us, you know, like to, to fast forward the rebuild. Yeah, I know. So but, do I. But you, you can't because you know what? We, I mean, we as devil fans, and we really do have to move on, but we as devil fans, you have to realize that we went through a solid, what, 27 years of of good hockey? At least first round teams. hockey. <laughs> right. And it was bound to fall apart. I mean, Detroit went through what 30 years of, of good hockey. Look at the teams that through most of the nineties and two thousands that were dominant. Very true. They all had to take a kick in the nuts. And then you look at the teams that were sucking ass in the night, the late nineties and early two thousands and through the two thousands, your Edmonton, your Toronto, you know, your Boston. They're where they're better off than we are. Right, they're there, but just remember that pendulum's going to switch. Look at how old Boston is. Yes, they have some good players, but Patrice Bergeron's not getting any younger. Char is not getting any younger. And you look at their young players, and I like guys like DeBrusque and Anders Borg and whatever, but they're not Patrice Bergeron. They're not going to be Todd Mar. I mean, uh, Brad Marchand. And they're not going to be that in the next handful of years, maybe or right. less or whatever. So Charlie McAvoy's great, but he's not. I would love to have Charlie McAvoy, but he's not Zendo Chara. True. So, so with that idea of having ammunition to pull off trades, to sign restrict unrestricted free agents and whatnot, uh, the folks over at Pucks and Pitchforks decided to post a few uh, trade scenarios. Not fantasy trade scenarios. Yeah. So I'll go with I'll go with the first one that's most likely not going to happen. Uh, three trade packages for Mitchell Marner of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't. I would love to have him. I'd love to have a motivated Mitch, Mitch Marner. Marner. Okay. I think if Mitch Marner were to get traded to anybody, us or anybody, 
right. he's going to be Taylor Hall his first year in New Jersey. So he's going to be that mopey, like, I don't want to be here. I went from Toronto, yay, to New Jersey or Florida or <laughs> Ottawa where they can afford my contract. No, I don't. He's going to be, I don't want to be here. True. So the projection. Uh, we get Mitch Marner alone. We send Ty Smith, Arizona's version of the first-round pick of this draft, and Pavel Zaka. I'm okay with that trade if it were possible, but I like to live in a place called reality. That's That does not seem... That just looks like a salary dump. That really looks like a salary dump. Because the first round pick would probably be the sexiest thing. And if you read the article, and I'm not going to pump the tires of pitchfork uh, pucks and pitchforks, but if you read the article, it's it's kind of like that guy who tries to make a trade with you in fantasy sports, where it's like, <laughs> no, dude, Pavel Zaka is going to be awesome in Toronto. You know, you're going to have you have Tavares on the first line, you got Matthews on the second line. You're going to need like a third line guy that can kill penalties and not make a lot of money. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm giving up a guy that put up 80 points. Yeah, but you're going to get a first-round pick. That could turn into a guy. And if you take Zaka and the first-round pick and put them together, that might be your 80 points right there. Like, what fucking planet are you on? Like, do you think Brendan Shanahan's going to go? Yeah, you got a point there, Fitzy. You got a point, yeah. You know, Pavel Zaka was a sixth or sixth overall pick right after Mitch Marner. Yeah, I can see those two balance out. We'll just do it one for one. One for one, <laughs> And everybody was like, yeah, let's do it one for one. I go, no GM is as dumb as Trailey was. <laughs> no one. All right, what's the next one? The next trade that they I put. I wouldn't want to give up Ty Smith either. The next one they put Jesper Boquist, Kevin Ball, and Vancouver's first-round pick for Mitch Marner. Again, nobody in Toronto's organization is going to say, I'm going to take an un- unproven proven rookie an unproven rookie forward and then a pick that could be at the way that Vancouver is playing mid to bottom of the draft in, in the twenties. Yeah. You know, now re- we'll go through the third trade, which is even a bigger fucking joke. Miles Wood, Joey Anderson and Arizona's pick for Mitch Marner. Oh my goodness. So now you're talking about a guy. <laughs> no, no doubt. Great speed. Would be on the four check the way Toronto plays. Cool. <laughs> Joey Anderson, if you read that, they're like, oh, he could play up and down the lineup. He could play on the first line. He could play. Whoa. Where? Like, I like Joey Anderson. I, I look at Joey Anderson and I see Dinah Zubers. Okay. Well, you're right. He could play middle six. Okay. You know, he could play on the second line. Not every game. I don't want to see him play with Jack Hughes all the time, but I could see him being a Travis Ajak, you know, a role guy, a role guy that when somebody's hurt, yes. Yeah. Roll with the punches. Um, Or like uh, Dr. Britt Baker. She's a role model. R O L L. Next one. uh, The next pick. The, or trade that they um, fantasy offered um, Minnesota Wild for Zach Parisi. Now, welcome you, back. Yeah, that's 
think of the montage that you get at the beginning of a game for that. I'd still boo them. <sighs> so let's just say you get him. He ain't playing top three. He's not on the first line. Second line in a pinch. In a pinch. No, I'd put him on the second line. Yeah. I think he'd be I think you're I don't want him. I don't think he'd want to come back. I'm pretty sure he has a no movement clause and that giant monstrosity of a contract. But I think having him as a role model for Hey kids. This is right, how you leave for, for Nico, for for Hughes, for you, you Boquist. Be, you want to be the Jersey guy here? This is what you need to do because I've been there, done that kind of stuff. Now, right. let me just spitball this one. If you took Parisi and uh, who's the defenseman that they sent there to? That he's Suter. If you took that package, we we don't have a, we don't even have enough cap space for that. But go ahead. Okay, that's all right. That's yeah, just spitballing. All right. So the first uh, first trade offering was Parisi and a fourth for Miles Wood and a third. All right, if that if that would have worked, I'd take that. Because you're just essentially trading a winger for a winger. Okay, the second one is Zach Parisi for Pavel Zaka and John Hayden. It just gets worse and worse. Again, do you think that people in Minnesota want are going to go, hmm, John Hayden, the guy that was on waivers last year, and Pavel Zaka, who has a career... Maybe, and I'm just guessing here. I'm not going to look it up. Maybe 60 points. Yeah, I understand it's a contract dump, but you still have to use your brain. This this offering takes the cake. Parisian, a second rounder. Don't say what year, just a second rounder. Yeah, last year's. <laughs> okay, wait. Take a breath. Straight up for Joey Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's a, let me guess. I didn't read the article, but he's a Minnesota kid <laughs> who yeah. has roots in the area. Yes. <laughs> was a star at Minnesota Duluth coming home. It's a great story. And it would be both players coming home. Even though Parisi, even though Parisi's in Minnesota. a Minnesota guy. <laughs> oh, we should. But Hey, then there's this next article. Devils should bank on acquiring Kevin LeBanc. Oh, waka waka. <laughs> oh, well, there's bleach over there. I might drink it. <laughs> so, uh, I'm not going to read the whole article, uh, but they say uh, a potential to have a replacement for a Kyle Palmieri if he does choose to leave or and or gets traded, things like that. Um you mentioned Kevin LeBanc. I, I guess this is of the three trades. This one seems more ser- seriously thought of. Uh, I say that feasible, right. feasible. So he's what twenty four. Uh, he's got a low salary. You would be expect, uh, expecting what a bump up from a mill to something, right? He'd probably. I think he'd probably be looking at three, four, between three and four and a half. Okay, so that fits. Fine. I'm fine with that. He's young. He's 24. Fits into the mold of a retool. I'm not going to use rebuild. We rebuilt already. This is a retool after a rebuild. After this draft, we're retooling. Yes. It's so. What would San Jose want? Like they don't want salary. So I think we're again. If I'm Doug Wilson, 
Where would you put him on our team? And then you figure out who would you give up? Where do I put him? Right now? I'm pretty sure he is a right wing. He's a righty. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means he's behind Palmieri. You put him in a Hughes line? I put him with Hughes, and I put him with Brat. Gusev. Okay. And then Brat, keep Brat, Nico, and... Palmieri for now, but then you could always flip flop. You could put LeBanc and move Palmieri down, depending on who you're playing, because none of those guys are big. LeBanc, LeBanc isn't big, and and essentially the <clears throat> the article that they wrote uh, kind of puts Le, uh, LeBanc in a similar scenario for Palmieri. Needs that playing time, gets the playing time, gets that potential out potential a 25 to 30 goal scorer type of player. Absolutely. Um, but I've been saying this for how long? I've been saying this probably since the beginning of our podcast two years ago. Mm-hmm. And since that, you're an insider? Right. For his skill Kevin, set? Yeah. Kevin LeBanc is a person that the devil should look at as really? that Palmieri trade. What would you give up? <laughs> They're going to probably want back I know, joking aside, would they want a wood? Because mm-hmm. isn't that mm-hmm. almost like a salary? No, they're taking. They don't on. want. Sa- they don't want to take salary on. So you're probably going to give up somebody, draft pick wise, one of our B prospects and a pick. So I would say somebody like, not like Ty Smith or Kevin Ball. Maybe somebody like a package of Studic um, and Boquist. I would say one of those kind of guys with the third round pick that we might get from Carolina might, might get you. It might be those three pieces. True. Because you're not getting much salary back and you're getting a, 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 a piece that you can grow. Okay. A seed. I don't mind that. I would go for that. So one out of three ain't bad, right? 33%. <clears throat> oh, I mean, I wouldn't want to give up Boquist, but if you look at where he is and the kind of minutes he needs to play to be productive. We don't have the room he, for him. He's going to have to push out Gusev, Flebank, Wood, not Wood, um, Palmieri or Brett. And right now and then, he's not doing it. And then behind him, he's going to have your Nolan foot, you know, where, again, I mean, we're talking about a high-level draft pick. Is he going to be able to – is he going to be able to get past that? I don't know. We have a while. I don't know. We have a while. So, I mean, if, if I'm the Devils – he, and I don't want to see him go because I think he's going to be, you know, like a a fifty point kind of guy. I think he's going to be like that seventeen goals one year and like twenty five assists, or he's going to be that twenty five goal, ten assist kind of guy once he gets his shot. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if his shot is with us. And I and I know what would happen if he went to San Jose and he's going to get to play with Joe Thornton, 
blows up and he's going to blow up and everyone's going to be like, Oh, well look at what they gave up. Yeah. But he didn't, sometimes pieces of a puzzle don't fit the way we want. Look at Paul Mary. Anaheim Anaheim gave up, gave up on him and look what he did for us. Potentially an ex captain. That that's a big leap. So, so speaking about big leaps, um, most excited player you're looking to see in the lineup Sands, whoever we pick slash trade in this year's draft. Um, I'll, I'll the four you the four you put on here, three definites. Yes, all of them. Just because there's just so much splash behind the names, but um, you can go ahead and name them. I think Nolan Foot's an interesting one. You think he I makes it wanted, right out of camp? Like again, if he where does he fit? He's a winger. So who is he pushing out? Is he pushing out Wood? Is he pushing out Hayden? Is he worth having on the fourth line? A what, skill guy like that? What is he? I know he's. I know he was a first for 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 um, Tampa. He, but he what is, is a, he? Like a top? Is he a he top a, three or top six? He is a top six player. Top nine. But then top nine would be wasting his potential. Or would that it be depends, good enough? To... Again, it depends who he played with in that nine. If he's playing with, let's say that that third line is him, Joey Anderson, and Zajac, where he's learning a good defensive part of the game as a rookie from a Zajac and a Joey Anderson, while at the same time having somebody like Zajac who can get him the puck, Joey Anderson who's going to go get the puck kind of thing, I think that it would pay off for his development in the future. But on the other side, is he really going to push out Wood? Is he really going to push out John Hayden, Kevin Rooney? You know, I don't know. That's the, these are the decisions where if, if I'm Tom Fitzgerald, I go, do I want to stick with what we have and hope that the seeds that we have grow into potential players and push those guys out? Or do I want to push those guys out and let these seeds play and get a taste so we know what we got? The other part that I want to look into, or at least compare, you may know this a little bit better, but um, how did Lindy Ruff do in Buffalo? I'm not going to say compare this guy to somebody on Buffalo, but like like if you say it for now, oh, like is, is, a, is a Nolan Foot now what? Jack Eichel was like at that no. time and not no. player wise, but you know what I mean? Like th- there's so much oomph within Nolan foot, right? Is there somebody that was a com- player that was comparable in Buffalo when rough coached there, when the team was young enough, I know I'm it's like right. a stretch to compare players, but like that whole, you're like, also talking about like 20 years, 15 ago. years yeah. ago, you know, where, when rough rough was in Buffalo for so long, I mean, he did but fairly I mean, well with kids, right? Like yeah, he did, he did. Okay. I mean, if you look at the fact that Tyler Sagan had his best year under Lindy Ruff, Jamie Ben had his best year under right. Lindy Ruff. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of a, of rookie off other than Klingberg off of the top of my head from Dallas that he did well with. I don't think he's really going to have a choice. I also, he's going to have to take somebody. And then, and then I go back to what Fitzgerald said and that I don't think he's one of those guys that just wants to throw you to the wolves and go, let's learn. 
It's the only way you're going to learn is, you know, get crunched by Wait, Chara in a corner. Like No, but I I think that the difference between, if you remember DeBoer, like, those rookies made a mistake. Oh, they benched were gone. Him for, yeah. Like, Adam Larson made mistakes and he was benched. You know, think about that 2012. He didn't come in until, what, halfway through the second round mm-hmm. when we beat Philly? You know, and even then it was probably because guys were, were banged up. It's, I think that he's going to be one of those guys that you make a mistake, you're going to keep playing. I'm not going to bench you. But you're going to explain you make, what you need if, to do, yeah. But if you make the same mistake again, then you're, yeah. Now there's consequences, and if you continue to make the same mistake, like if I, if I'm the Devils coach, that's I come into the locker room and go, look, we're a young group, we've got some great old splash of you know skill here with your Zajacs and your Palmieri's, and now even Nico's got a couple of years under his belt, and but when it comes down to it. We're a young team. We're going to make mistakes. You're not going to get that pass on your stick. You're not going to get that perfect shot when you wanted to take it. And we need to learn from it. It's, right. it's an experience from day one to day 10 to day 40. You know, you have to get better. And if you don't, we're going to have plenty of players behind you, especially with an expanded roster. Potentially, yeah. To show you. The other part is, too, I was listening to uh, Devils Insiders or Devils Daily, uh, that podcast, and they were thinking of, you look at what, uh, you know, Binghamton is doing, right? They went on a tear, right? They were going to, they were in the playoffs and everything else for, for what they did last season. You put all these kids into that environment and you, you pair them up, right? Smith, yeah. Smith and Ball. You get another kid. You you match these kids all together. You let them play a whole season in Binghamton. They do. They yeah. replicate what they did last season, and then you bring them up next year, kind of thing, and go. You won. You you got that snarl. You got that chip on your shoulder. Now contribute up here. You can you can give free agents what a year deal. Say hey, have let's have some fun and see what we can do. Yeah, but you're gonna pay out the ass for that. Uh, next one you have is Ty Smith. Yeah, he, I, I I think he's the biggest hyped. He's got he has to make the roster. He has to because but if again, if he, who where does he fit? Unless with the current roster, not talking about who we may trade and the rumors of us trying to trade PK and all this other stuff. Where does he fit? Well, because right now you have Severson, Subban. You have Connor Carrick, Butcher. Why am I going blank? Um, because the other two guys are not going to be there. Mueller's, uh, uh, I think, unrestricted or restricted or whatever. I, I think he's unrestricted. You never know if he's going to be back or not. Um, yeah, who are we blanking on? Because Green's gone. Vaughn's Frederick gone. Olison. Huh? Frederick Olison wasn't he? The not- gar- well, no, no, I think that guy's gone. There's no. There's there's two spots open. Right, there's two spots open, but are you going to give that to the next two guys we're talking about, Ty Smith and Kevin Ball or Riley Walsh? No, are you going to have three rookies? No, nah, Ty Smith and like Butcher maybe, right? Or are they on the I same wouldn't, side? I wouldn't. If Ty Smith makes the team, you trade Butcher. Okay. 
And Kevin Ball, I'd like to see him start in Binghamton if there is one, unless the current roster of D-men, you know, I it's kind of risky to have two D-men in the lineup. If you remember at one point, we had Severson, Merrill, and Jelena in the lineup at one point. Everybody was all happy because it was like, oh, man, we're going to have these guys. They're going to be the backbone of our team. They yeah. were all high draft picks. Your offensive defenseman one... with with uh, a, a uh, blind spot for the defensive end. Right. And bombs away. Two out of the three of them do. I mean, Merrill's, I guess, making a, a good kind of career out in Vegas. Vegas. But, but Severson's it. constantly lost in the defensive zone. Jelena is probably lost somewhere in Russia at this point. He's about three steps away from playing in the men's league. I mean, if all the chips fall right, yeah, we could have three defensemen, young, solid defensemen fighting for one roster spot. But if they all make the roster, you got to scratch your head and go, oh, boy, we're we're in for mm-hmm. a I, long Ty, road. Ty Smith has to make it, or else I will say that's a flop because he was on that verge last year. I don't know why he got sent back to juniors. I don't know why. We had PK, and there was nowhere for him to go. Now, I'd like to see Ty Smith paired up with somebody. You know, I'd like to see him paired up. If 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 Lindy Ruff can grab PK and be like, Spectre. hey, kid, yeah. kid the, the razzmatazz, flashy style that you, you, you were used to when you were a kid, it's done. You're not you a know, kid anymore. Look, look at Scott Stevens. Scott Stevens was the same way. The razzmatazz, the going out of the way for the big hit, putting up big points. How did he win his cups? Defense. Playing defense. Playing don't not worrying about the the crossbow fucking celly. <laughs> not worrying about all that shit. Not going out of his way to make the big hit. Make the smart play, make the easy play. I need you to do that because this kid is going to be your partner. Like Stevens and Niedermeyer were together. Like Stevens and Rafalski were paired together. You need that. You need that anchor because this kid's going to make mistakes and he's going to try stuff and he's got flair. Woo. But he needs that anchor. <laughs> hey kid, reel it in yeah. a little bit. And that's what, that's what we need. If we're going to keep PK, that's what he needs to be. And okay. Kevin Ball needs to sit down with Ken Danico and not do cocaine. Sit down with Ken Danico and be, hey, this is the kind of defenseman. You're not going to be, you know, the lead singer of the band like Lou Lamarillo. You're going to be a drummer. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. I love be angry. Stars. Be mean. Watch tape of Chara, watch tapes of big tough defensemen. I mean, we talked about having Peter Angelo would be great. Petra Angelo to be a role model for these guys. But if we can't, well, we've got to look within. And and I'm hoping that with Fitzy, with Ruff, you, you gotta sit down and you gotta go, okay, look at what look at what we did in the nineties and two thousands. Look or at least look how we did it, not not the style of play, but how you did it. Yep. Fa- fast forward that to 2020, 2021, and the new, new age of hockey, blend it together. Look at the Islanders. Bring, bring in, yeah. yeah. Right now, the Islanders are playing. I, when I watch the Islanders, I go, that's the Devils in 2000, from 2000 to 2003, where 
they're they're playing a defensive system, but when they get the puck, the Jets are on, and it's all it's forward, forward, forward. And now, who would have seen if you, if you would have said, "Look, the Islanders would score three goals on the Washington Capitals in the first round of the playoffs in their first game and win three to one," you'd laugh. You go, "It's the yeah. Islanders. Who do they have between between Barzil and Pa Parenta or not Pa Parenta?" Oh wow! Throwback. Oh. A trivia answer, by the way, <laughs> to one of those devil players that also played for the Rangers and the Islanders. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Pajot, right? Yep, P.A. Pajot and... P.A. Parento. I am so sorry, sir. I did not mean to... Insult you. Insult you. But yeah, who else could... Yeah, well, they got a lot. They got Andy Green on the, on the third line pairing. And that's d- and d- what did we say for years? That's exactly perfect for where Andy Green should be. An anchor for, I think he's playing with Pellick. Or he's playing with the other young kid that they have. Still, they're they're doing very well. Yep. Congratulations. All the best to the Islanders. There you go. And you still also don't say, have a home. Well, it's getting built. Uh, Riley Walsh is another one. Um, out of those four guys, only one one has to make it. Adam F- or Foots. Nolan, Nolan Foot. Foot. Oh, God. Nolan Foot is half a foot. <laughs> um, half foot in, half foot out. That that's that kind of thing. Yeah, but, uh, but again, Walsh it, you, and and Ball and it makes you scratch your head and you go, if they don't make the team, where are they going? Yeah. All right. So that's uh, why the only answer is you have to extend the rosters. rosters. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly for the upcoming twenty twenty one season. Even going through your posts, I will just simply say this. The good, the bad, and the ugly is going to depend on what Fitzgerald does with this draft. If he he keeps all three picks, they have to be three home runs. I'm I'm sorry. They have to be three home runs. Well, the first pick has to be at least a double. Has to be that that seventh pick has to be somebody that is might not make the lineup this year, but is definitely going to be who's a major, it? major piece. Who's who's the defenseman? Uh, Drysdale? No. Drysdale and uh, Sanderson. It would be if Drysdale drops to seven, it'll be like we got the first round pick. Yeah, I agree. Or if he can package this pick and one of the other picks to move up to get one of those two guys. Even if he moves up to, I don't know, five, five, he's what being projected. I think to one of uh, Ottawa's picks, the Ottawa's second, right, pick. three to five. And Ottawa doesn't really need a young stud defenseman. But if I'm building a team, you want young stud defensemen like that. So that my whole thing is, you got, if you take three picks, they they have to be home run ish picks, okay? Or if you're going to use it for trade bait, it's got to be a home run trade. It's got to be like getting that Johansson on like you're, you're training for Johansson now. Like you're like you're that one piece or one and a half pieces away from being that team that's going to make a run in playoffs. Not not to a cup, but that's that one step to get them into the playoffs and see where the where the dice rolls. Yep. And it's got to be it's got to be a perfect storm of picks, trades, and uh, unrestricted free agent signings and getting Palmieri signed. If there's a perfect storm of a good combination of all those. 
it's good to Midland. Good, yeah. to, good to Midland. And no matter what we do next year, it's good to Midland because you know that you can trust your general manager to make the picks needed when you need to make them, make the moves when you need to make them. And you see, we never saw with Shiro where he was going with this team. We just like the players he got. Like He got a Taylor Hall. Okay. And what? He got a P.K. Subban. And what? Well, that's see, he got that's, Marcus Johansson. And what? Like that's one of those things where the good, the bad, and the ugly kind of segment yeah. makes sense because, yeah, you know what? Taylor Hall could have came in and been motivated and meshed with Hines, and PK could have come in and been the PK that we all dreamed and hoped. And our season, we'd be we'd be talking about us in the playoffs. You know, you could shit in one hand and wish in the other and see which gets filled first. And and that's what happened to the Devils. Out of that, I'd like to wish a little bit harder than shitting in my hand. Yeah. Like a monkey. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, so the good. So the good. You know, the good could be everyone comes in rested, matured, motivated, engaged with a new coach who instills a, a, a new defensive system. And offensively, we get the most out of our defense because our offensively, our defense sucks. Um, rookies hit their stride with maturity. I mean, did you see a picture of Jack Hughes training? He's got some good flow going. He's got some good Thor hair, blonde hair going. Um, Boquist, Foot, Brat, whoever we draft in the first round, Smith, Ball. You know, you hope that they can contribute to an already pretty good top six players with Nico and, and now, now I look at name recognition wise and I don't know if it's our own fluff that's that's a pretty good list of names right as a devil fan yeah you look at that but if you are let's look a at it fan as an of the LA Kings yeah you go oh yeah Hughes was a first round pick who oh and everybody Adam else Foot? is yeah, who? Oh, that's Adam Foote's kid. Everybody else is Adam Boquist. Is that that guy's brother from Chicago? Like, it's everybody else is kind of, eh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd like you to hope be that, that Corey and, and Blackwood are, are lights out after seeing, you know, not having to see a zillion shots a game. Well, hey, you know, when they simu- when they started simulating games, right, and Corey had those 98 that he faced in that one game. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, what's that his was... name was close the other night? To yeah. That. <laughs> I mean, the potential could be we could be a wild card team. We could be a wild card team that loses in the first round, <coughs> which would be awesome for the development of our young players. Mm-hmm. Now, the bad could be we continue to rebuild. We let the kids learn on the job. Shit we don't bad. sign. We don't waste our money on you know unrestricted free agents. We draft. We continue to collect assets and losses you know Hughes starts to show some finish that guy had bad luck last year puck luck terrible. I mean, yeah bouncing off of his stick guys that didn't have their stick down that he made beautiful passes to hitting posts uh our young d play together gained some chemistry and we try to trade late 20s or older players out of their deadline you know at the deadline to collect more assets we win games we aren't supposed to but we lose to teams that we were supposed to beat Oh, like typical. You know, we lose a lot of shootout one goal game, which sorry is potentially you know just a remake of nineteen twenty season. Before you get to the, uh, what's your gut feeling on Fitzgerald so far after everything he's made? No, I think he knowing, did well. 
knowing that you have three first round picks right now up to this I point? It did well at the trade deadline. Um, then again, I don't think he really gave up any players that were shockers. You know, there wasn't that like, oh man, I can't believe he traded him at the deadline. You know, like everybody he traded was pretty much expected to be traded. What we got back, oh, the the Luca, the Kukalainen guy that yes, we got Carolina. from Carolina. The Carolina yeah, like, guy. It, again, another guy that has potential to push somebody out of the lineup, but where does Nolan Pratt, Nolan Foot, Foot, and all those guys fit in? Um, if I had to give him a grade at this moment for what he has done and not for what he can do with the draft, I'd say he's a solid B plus, you know, for what he's done. What about the uh, words? Yeah. That, what about the words that come out of his mouth? I don't know if you take any stock. In I that. don't pay attention to that because if you if if you've seen one hockey interview, whether it's a GM, a player, or an owner, or whatever, they're all the same. Okay, it's you know. You know, I'm trying to put the best team out there. I'm trying to do what's best, you know, moving forward. We've got a lot of potential. Everybody says the same fucking buzzwords. Okay, gotcha. Except for Ray Shiro, who who just basically is, is says word we salad. fucking sucked. Yeah. Yeah, hey, well, you know, I mean, I mean what? <laughs> now, <laughs> the ugly. Ugh, ugh. Well, now you got the ugh. A, We don't buy into the new coach. There's anarchy. Do Fitz even... looks like an asshole for signing some big free agent, Taylor large mo- years and money, Taylor and it backfires. Huh? Taylor <laughs> Hughes becomes Taylor unhappy. Palmieri requests a trade. Oh Corey can't stop the moon. Oh, please stop. <laughs> no, really, you're killing me here, Smalls. Come on. Yeah. Blackwood regresses. After not playing for a year six, and a half. seven months, you know, essentially the worst case, we pull a Buffalo. We come in with all this hype. We win a couple, you know, first couple of months only to just blow up like the challenger. And that's Buffalo. Uh, I don't, I, I don't think so. I like my gut feeling for the, the PK trade that you crapped all over me for. I won that one. Um, the Fitzy move as a GM. I'm still, I will still put a nickel on the table and bet you a nickel that Petrangelo is coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm? The only way we're getting him is if we can unload PK. Period. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I think we're going to be, we're going to be next season where we should have been this year. That that's my gut. I hope so. But again, you know, you're you are the optimistic fan. No, not I'm not. The I'm the I'm the Homer. Yeah, you're I'm, the you're the optimistic I'm, fan. I'm I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the guy who pays to sit in 124. <laughs> However far away from people, I I don't know going into next year. That's going to be a fucking. That might be your section. Huh? That might be your section. What are you trying to say? That whole section, section fucking yours. six foot wide. Come on, <laughs> I'll I'll watch the game at the Meadowlands. <laughs> yeah, remote. Put it on the put it on the big screen. Distance okay. watching. Put me back in two oh nine. Two eighteen. Two eighteen. Yes. Come on. All right. Some NHL news and notes. Um, 
I'm not really sure how much you we really need to get into it. I'm happy hockey's back. Like I said, I didn't I didn't care much for the return of it. I really didn't care much for any sports returning. I started watching baseball. I was like, okay, I can get into this. It was it's fun watching the cardboard cutouts and the seats and all that kind of stuff. It's as, as hacky as it is. It's it's pumping in noises and all that kind of stuff. Watching the way that the NHL put together these two arenas blew awesome. my mind away. Okay. Even with the NHL background, the NHL video game background noise yeah. to kind of simulate fans. Although I'm, I don't hear anybody yelling shoot, so it's not real. I know. It, they joke about that too. Uh, the fact that the people who were doing the social media in the arena the other night with the five overtime game, five overtime game, seven inning stretch, seventh inning, yeah, and and just the, we're back, you know. It's, it's, we salute the fans, and they have three fucking. They they start cr- air circulating, moving fans. <laughs> uh, the what about the the uh, tonight's attendance is zero. Yeah. <laughs> spot on, please just spot on, please. Uh, Remove yourself from your couch safely. (laughs) It's good. It's showing the personality. And that's the kind of thing right now that is getting on social media, on people's pages. That don't give a shit about hockey. That don't give a shit about hockey. Now, the big, big thing is if something ugly happens, all of this goodwill that the NHL has kind of thrown out there is going to just be like it didn't exist. And you know what that ugly is? COVID. That No, no, I no, no. I'm thinking like Oh, like a scandal-y kind of thing? No, like somebody fucking beheading someone on the ice or a, a you know, like a brawl or something uh, where people are just going to be like, "Oh, that's hockey." Yeah, well, yeah, like you said, wipes it all out. Um I love the way that they set up the stands. It it does not take away from the action. Um it, the only negative I have from this is the game's potentially biggest stars are aren't in it. Are not are no longer in it. Well, Crosby, you could see that wasn't going to happen. That they just didn't have it. They seemed out of it. And if you notice, I mean, it's not in our news, but they fired their whole assistant coaching staff. And somebody mentioned uh, the defensive guy that they fired, uh, Sergey Gonchar, should give a call going. What's up? Come on. But yeah, to have your general manager go outside of what a couple people, nobody showed up. There's going to be changes. Literally, if I'm if I'm Malkin or Crosby, I'm like I'm looking at each other, going, "Is this it? (laughs) Or or, are we done?" (laughs) No, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see somebody like. The rumor I heard is Matt Murray is going to get traded to Toronto for Anderson one for one. Yeah, but uh, how does Toronto have any money? Well, the money probably balances it out Dude, between the two of them. But he's got two cup rings. Anderson doesn't. And Anderson was kind of shaky in that Columbus series. I mean, Columbus is a good team. I'm not yes. shitting on Columbus. No. And Tor- the fact that Tortorella came out and was like, Tortor- the media is unfair to Sheldon Keefe, the coach. You know, it's that's nice to see for him to go to bat for somebody, considering he fucking hates everybody in the world. John Tortorella is what is like. I it, honestly, I go back to what like Mike Keenan, right? 
He's a, he's a coach, yes, that can burn you on both ends of your fucking ass and get out of the league quick. But I, that's the kind of coach you like need in the league. Mm-hmm. Just, just it's enough to get your players motivated. Turn around to the camera and go crap all over me because if you crap at some right. back there, your ass is gonna get it. Let me be the lightning rod. Mm-hmm. That, that that's great. So like, I love everything that they're doing. The the pumped in noise. Like if I turn the game on and I'm just doing something else and I'm just saying, okay, hockey's on the TV as being background noise. I can't tell that they're pumping in noise. Like it's, it's all the same to me. You just don't hear like the, the, of the crowd. You don't hear the, you don't hear the, you know, like let's go Rangers. But you hear that though. You hear the cough of some guy sitting in 122 with his mask. You hear that, but it's probably um, because I'm breathing in mold. That's fine. (laughs) Never God, killed anybody. God bless. Um, folks, if you want to be on the podcast, go ahead and email mm-hmm. hsskpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know. Apparently, we'll be having an opening soon. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the black lung pop. <laughs> but um, I, I I just love what the NHL did. They were the first team to, first league to come back. Every step of the way, it was like, look, this is what we're doing. This is how we're doing testing. And as the testing kept going, the couple of positive cases or whatever just dropped. Nothing left. You're not having anything like the NBA where, or the NFL where guys are going outside of this bubble and inviting in, quote-unquote, strangers in that could potentially spread or do this, that, or the other, right? So there's no scandals in the in the NHL about the whole bubble thing. You, you're here. That's it. I have a feeling that, isn't it true with the NHL, that like as soon as you're done, you're out? Like, pack yeah. up your shit and yeah, leave. Yeah, like what? What does Mike Commodore say when during the trade deadline? Pack your shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of, did you hear what Mulberry Mulberry said last the other night? I heard that he like didn't. They were picking winners, and he didn't even pick somebody from one of the teams. No, no, it was the the, the five overtime game. He basically he said like, "Oh, uh, it should go. We should go back to shootout. We should go to shootouts." Dude, Twitter blew up. Going, dude, quit. Dude, just asshole. if you, if you don't care about what the job that you do, leave, put somebody he's, else. In there. But he, you know him; he's just it's saying Mike that Milbury. to have somebody talk. Now, um, especially since we don't have Jeremy Roenick anymore because he's oh, yeah. wearing a Magna hat. Who's a uh, who's um? Oh, crap, I, I tweeted that earlier today. Who's who's doing the studio stuff for uh, MSNBC or NBCSN? Um, it's Keith huh? Jones. No. It's Anson Carter. No. Uh, the Patrick Sharp. Yes, Patrick Sharp. Handsome D- devil. Yes, like but I, I have one problem. I have one big problem with him. Dude needs to take a course on looking at the camera the right way. Oh, no, no, no. He, he's totally looking at who he's talking to. No, he's looking at a fucking timer, man. <laughs> I got 10 seconds. I got, look, I'm looking at you. <laughs> The camera goes on him. It's HD, he bro. Yeah, it, he doesn't know where to look. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> yes. it, I was watching post game of, of whatever the afternoon game was today, and literally, it's like, uh, what do you call it? Um, what's that movie with the mole? Moly, moly. moly. <laughs> it's don't say mole. Don't say mole. Don't look at his eyes. Don't look at his eyes, dude. Stop darting. Or stop doing the cocaine in between periods. Either way. I'm happy it's back. 
as much as I was just like, I just want like to know two teams as role and that's it. I'm done. I'm happy. It's back. I'm invested in it. It's probably because I'm working from home. I can watch the games. I'm invested and I'm happy. It's back and I'm happy. It's doing well. Who the hell would have picked Montreal to beat Pittsburgh? I would have really. Yeah. That is, that is ripe for carry price to come in and then pick. And that's what he did. And you know what? Pittsburgh's not motivated. Think about it. They've won three cups. They're older. Crosby's not fucking 20 anymore. He's 33. Yeah. No. You know, Malkin's what? 31. You I know, just, they're, they're not they're, they're the core of their team. I think Hornquist, just, they're older. I just thought they would put up more of a fight than what they do. No. But that's just me. It, again, if I'm Pittsburgh, after you're like, man, fucking Carey Price is kicking us in the nuts right now. You have to think in the back of your head if you're Crosby, if you're Malkin. Like, we came back for this. All right. If we won, great. If we didn't, we're going to get the next four months off so everybody can rest. We might get the first overall pick, you know, which which would give us a little, a little you know, juice mm-hmm. to us. And it would be awesome. But they're an older team, and they're a team that needs that shakeup because their assistant, their head coach has been there for what three or four years now, five years, where he has uh, kind of fallen on deaf ears. So that's why they fired his whole assistant coaching staff. It's a warning shot going. You got next year, and after that, you're next, right? You know, you're next, and after that, right? You're next. By the way, as we're going to transition to wrestling mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So apparently there's there's beef between Goldberg and Roman Reigns. Because Roman Reigns went on a podcast and was like, and shit. You know, they asked him like how he like gets pumped up and stuff, and he's like, oh, you know, he goes, I learned after the first couple of times in my intro to wear a glove because when I do that Superman punch to the ground, he goes, I do it like. 250 times a fucking year. He goes, break my break my hand. He goes, that's just as stupid as banging my head against the door. And then Goldberg had to explain his gimmick. Right. It's like, oh, ba- that's how I get pumped up. It, it's bad when you have to describe your gimmick as to why you had to do things. I would be more scared about why did you breathe in all that smoke? Did you worry yeah. about like lung cancer? It's pyro in your lungs. Yeah, and we're not talking about like smoke. We're talking fireworks smoke. Look, you know what, Goldberg? You, you had your go. you had your your title reign at the end because you wanted your son to watch you win a championship is just as impressive to me as when David Arquette got the title in WCW. The finger poke of death. That's what it, it reminds Even me of. Even worse, because the finger poke of death. Going, oh, okay, cool. It's the NWO. It's set up that way. Cool. Um, as I give my freshly squeezed thumb. Um, no, that that was just terrible. Goldberg, shut up. You're in the Hall of Fame. Right? Go away. Yeah, it's it's time. Ro- you know, stop coming back for your paycheck. Roman Reigns. Um, I wish you all the best. As soon as this stuff goes over, I'm hoping you can go to AEW. Doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. But word came out that he's a good locker room guy. Fine. They need that because they don't have the Undertaker anymore to be the man. The fucking man. It's having a baby soon. Baby. 
out of all I'm the wrestling news. Yes. Wrestling news. Um ton of it's like WWE rejects. Showed up at Slammiversary. Yeah. EC three comes back. Get Gave right, a great promo. Right in the middle of a main event picture. Uh Motor City Machine Guns. I liked watching them back in the TNA days. It was, I don't know, like 10 years or something like that, they said, since they've been really back together. And they got the straps already. Great. Um, Eric Young, back in uh, TNA. Back in TNA. Uh, Heath Slater, now known as Heath. Um, And I'll I'll, I'll jump around. It's not just like TNA. Um, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Dude, I... Broski. Dude, we texted each other, I think, at the same time when that came out. We're like, holy shit. Well, I, I think I had texted you like... So is this the week that because their contracts are all their no compete yeah. clauses are all done? Everybody are they showed show up, up somewhere. And as we said that, fucking the broski came out. But just put but it nobody this else came out for not, in AEW. Not yet. I I am still waiting for Miro, aka Rusev, to give up on this Twitch gimmick. That oh, I, I, know, quit, I quit. I quit wrestling. You see, did you see Lana's tweet today? What? She was like, oh, we're back in America. We had sex in the Black Sea. Like, oh, yeah. Go go and look up Lana on your I, I will. Twitter. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it later. Um, but let me just say, EC3, we were high on him. Eric Young, we're high on him. Uh, Heath Slater, I don't know. Nah, he's a jobber. And um, Broski. I don't know what to jobber. call him anymore. I, I can't. I don't know what to call him anymore. His name Matt. Matt Cordona. Cordona. Cor- He's a job. He's a jobber too. But here's the thing. You take Heath out of the I got kids to feed and you put him in TNA. Whether or not this speaks to talent, I don't know. But with the proper gimmick and script, I'll loosely say script, or direction for a character, he came off like the fuck? WWE wasted his ass. You look yeah, at, he was always good on the mic. You look at Mac, was, Mac Cardona. I get the whole Broski thing. And, but you look at him and you go, good Lord, what the fuck did Vince do? He wasted the yeah. dude. Uh, yep. What's his name? Um, his tag team partner. Um, Broski's tag team partner. Um, Kurt Hannings. Yeah, Kurt, uh, Kurt Hawkins. He went yeah. to uh, TNA too. And now he's in like a main... Like, these guys that he released are stupid. They just... But that's the problem with WWE. They, you know, they pick so many flowers from all over the other places that sometimes there's not enough sunlight for all those flowers to grow. How's that for? Wow, that is a fucking dynamite fucking analogy. Let me ask you a question. How did you smoke before this show? That was eloquent. I've been reading books behind me. They're almost serial killer books, but they're they're there. You mean this isn't but, one of those Zoom uh, wallpapers? You don't no, have one of them pro oh, Okay, no green screens. No green screens. Yeah, green screens are cheap. If you need them, just saying. I'm good. Um, but yeah, they they have too many guys that like EC3 and stuff. Where they were big in TNA, but then when Vince gets them, and he's got a Waters history of doing this, waters them down. He, I saw an interview today that. Uh, with Mick Foley, that Vince did not want him. That it was basically Jim Ross every meeting coming in and saying like, "We need to get Mick Foley. We need to get Mick Foley." And he and Mick Foley was like, "I only learned this like a couple of years ago." He goes that Vince goes, "Okay, 
if I'm going to take Mick Foley, he's wearing a mask. And he goes, and they spent so much time thinking of what my mask is going to be. He goes, you know how I got my mask? He goes, Undertaker was wrestling Mabel. And he broke his, you know, his ocular cavity bone. And he didn't want to take off. So they, the, the people came up with a bunch of different masks for him to wear. And he goes, and he settled for kind of like a Phantom of the Opera mask. And he goes, one of the rejects was the mask that I ended up wearing as Mankind. And he goes, if it wasn't for that mask and the Undertaker wanting to work with me and the Rock wanting to work with me, he goes, I don't, I'm not sitting in front of you. He goes, I'm not sitting in front of you watching this. You know, he goes, and you're talking to me. He goes, I'm sitting at home watching this just like you. And he goes, it's all because he goes, and sometimes these guys, they have their gimmicks somewhere else and Vince shuts them down and they don't get a chance. Somebody else came out. Arn Anderson came out in an interview recently. Yes. And he said that <clears throat> the reason that it's stale now is because Vince does not let characters show who they are. This is that whole thing is like, here's your script. But I want to say, this is your script. And, and you have how- nine minutes... You have nine minutes in a promo and a wrestling match and you're using your body and your facial and your social media and all of this to get over. And if you don't get over, he's done with you. And that's that's the problem. Terrible. And EC3 came out and he said, no, like he was never really given a chance. He goes, I'm great on the mic. And they gave me a gimmick where I don't talk. Yeah, I think something about um, what was it? Somebody's like, it's, you know, Vince was like, you know, after they signed him, like, who is that guy? Like after they signed him and it's like, that's, that's EC3. <laughs> this is the guy yeah, that we've been, been like pumping up to you. And you said, sure, sign him. And you don't I, know who I he is. I get why he went back to TNA though. Like the familiarity and, and to be able to kind of spread your wings and feel, you know, puff your chest up again and feel like you're the man. But he really should have went to AEW. A lot of people should have went to AEW. Um, we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, that the one of the last ham pay per views. I'll oh, say ham pay per views because I'm sorry. I am still yes. I am. You can look at my hat. Who am I a fan of more? AEW. Yeah. Why? I came home last. I came home from work, and I will watch AEW over Raw, or NXT, or NXT. Uh, and AEW ratings wise last week doubled, doubled Raw, Raw, not oh, raw, NXT, um, Raw beat Raw they numbers, beat Raw numbers, good Lord. in the demographics, hence Demo God. I have he to, is fucking a genius. He is so he's, good. Dude's got a keg, but I'm just saying he can still do his lion salt and all that kind of stuff. But yes, yeah, so good. I, I was I was thinking about this last night just to do before a comparison. You you can look at the two organizations, World Wrestling Entertainment, All Elite Wrestling. They both have wrestling in their names. One has entertainment, and yep. that's the downfall I think of of Vince. He stuff tries right too now. hard. Yep, he tries too hard to be not just entertaining on TV. That it's got to be a social media. It's got to be a toy. It's got to be a T-shirt. It's got to be this. 
instead of this, just this, letting the it, talent it's, grow. That that's not this generation. That this generation no. doesn't give a shit about t-shirts anymore. They want no. storylines. They want to be in, interested in a story, like the whole. They fiend. want to be interested in in the character. Yeah, like the fiend. This is perfect. And what does he do? He takes the title off of him within a month. And you think about like the Undertaker, you think of Hogan, you think of the late Kamala, you think of where you build these characters that as a kid or even as an adult, you're you want to see where it's going. Where did it come from? Why is he the Undertaker? Why does he do this? Like you want to see. And the problem is now they're I'm not saying make joke characters you know, a big fat black guy banging his stomach, you know, like it's not believable anymore, but you know what? Make a gimmick that is. Cause right now they're just grasping at fucking straws. This, Look, this underground, whatever the fuck that is. It's fight club. Okay. They're ripping the off fact, fight club. Right. The fact that they're essentially just trying to do an NWO slash DX slash what was CM Punk's group. All right. To censor. No, no, no. CM Punk, the fucking NXT guys. Nexus. Nexus. Like, they're just doing it now. They, they've got, what is it called, Retribution? And any of those guys that were on Raw that ripped stuff up and this and everything are, have nothing to do with the group. They're just people. No, on their, on they have no idea mask. who's going to be in the group. And, again, if I'm writing this, you, you, you don't reveal who that group is until there's fans. You can't because it's like putting the strap on Braun Strowman. It's useless. Right. And if I'm writing it and I'm saying, if you're making a leader of this retribution group, there's only one person that should be the leader of this retribution group. One. Who that? Punk? Absolutely. I'm back to bring retribution. And he has four or five guys, maybe a couple of girls with him around him. AJ. Package no. deal. Oh, oh, yeah. Bring AJ back. And you know what they do? After they introduce themselves and he's standing in the ring with all of them, he fucking destroys all of them. I'm here for my retribution. I'm not bringing Nexus on my coattails. And he just shit talks everything, everything that they have done since he's left. Can't be any worse than the eye for eye match. Oh, my God. So fucking stupid. Although I will say Ray Mysterio's kid could take a beating. <laughs> he just signed a deal too. Yeah, he Ray's his first kid. match is SummerSlam against Seth Rollins. But he took a kendo beating. Yeah, I think I saw the back. Holy after. shit. It, he looked like Michael Fay back in Singapore in nineteen ninety three. I, I just like I said, it's, a, it's WWE so stale. It's it's bad entertainment. It's it's not haha entertainment. It's not wrestling entertainment. It's not. I'm sorry. I'm going to go to the ring and I'm going to talk shit. And then I'm going to get interrupted by this guy. And this guy's going to come in and talk shit on me. And then I'm going to hurt his friend. And because of that, I'm going to sucker him into a fight. And that's it. That's that's all it is. And if if you look at the display, right? Obviously, the WWE is inside of some kind of performance center thing, right? Um, AEW is in some kind of outdoor arena. Um, 
I think here in New Jersey, there's the PNC Bank Arts Center where it's it's like an outdoor. Um, I don't know what would you call PNC amphitheater, amphitheater kind of thing. So that's how AEW set up. The look and the feel of AEW. They even had about 150 fans, legit fans, at uh, Wednesday's taping, whenever that was. I don't remember when it was that they taped it, but they had legit 150 fans spaced out, masked, whatever. So they had some live people there. Right. Look, feel. You want to shit on AEW? Look at it just for what it is. There's a reason AEW is beating them in the ratings. It's not stale. It's not. It's not because it's new. It's because it's it's, it's better, fresh. Look, it's, it's right. You have what a I can critique AEW a little bit and say that some of their storylines you watched on Wednesday. You watched Dynamite this past week. Most of it. When they had that tag team um, appreciation segment with Arn and Tully and the Rock and Roll Express and um, FTR and and the uh, Young Bucks. The young Bucks. I didn't. I didn't get a lot of it. Like I would have thought, FTR and Young Bucks is just going to continue that inter- interfeud thing. But mixing in Tully getting pissed at Arn in the middle of it, and then. I get FTR attacking the Rock and Roll Express, who can, in their, what, 70s, can still take a fucking bump. Ricky Morton takes a pile driver and fucking pops up about 20 feet in the air and lands straight on, flat on his back and sold it. But I think it's because, they, obviously, they're setting up for the feud between those two. But from what I heard is, you know, like, you're not a great tag team until you have titles. And neither, and that's what I got out of that, that neither of you guys have titles. I also read that, they don't need titles. They're planning like a like a new four horsemen kind okay. of group. Okay. Fine. Yeah, but don't be the four horsemen. You no. know, you've got so many cool things going right now. The Dark Order, you know, the best friends. I don't like the I, okay. I like half of the best friends. Okay. Orange Cassidy is out of it. I don't care anymore. He's whatever, but the the flabby dude, I don't even know his that's, name. That's what that's what's great. I, but the look, whole thing he, is he, look at him, he's flabby. He can wrestle One of your still. favorite wrestlers was Dusty Rhodes. Touche. This is the word you're looking for. Or touche, my friend. Touche. I'm sorry. But it's, L- it's, listening to the, listening to Jr. do the Dusty Rhodes podcast when he when he went to go imitate Dusty Rhodes. I said touche. That's bad. I'm gonna fire you for that. Yeah. Um. It's just if you're comparing the two anymore, it's just it's you it's, could it's sit there and go, the WWE lost all of its stars at the same time, The Rock and all this other stuff. Yeah, I get it, but take the guys that you have and let them be them. Don't just give them an eight-minute match to win the fans over, especially when there's no fans in the crowd. You know, and just just look at what AEW did, right? Out of the norm, they have, I mean, yes, it's presidential, it's, you know, presidential stuff coming up in November, so they had to do a debate thing. Twofold on that one, I'll get to the second one in a little bit. They would do a debate, okay? Who do they have in a debate? Chris Jericho, who's having a feud with Orange Cassidy. Refresh my memory prior to this. Did Did Orange Cassidy speak? No. No. So there's three questions that, that, oh, and by the way, who do they bring out as a moderator? Eric fucking Bischoff. 83 weeks, did you hear fucking JR say? It? It, 
that hacky shit, I don't care because I hear it and I go, <laughs> good one. Yeah, you chuckle. And, now, my only problem with that segment yes. was there should have been more back and forth between Jericho and Bischoff. Yeah, they, they, they shoehorned in the last bit of it at the end. But they should it should have been uh Lion Tamer, you're um, I'm sorry, uh Chris Jericho, you're up. And then he could have been like, Watch your mouth, sleazy e, you know, like Yeah, there could have been. But the fact of it is you do one question, <laughs> you Jericho responds, goes back to Orange Cassidy and he goes Slicks his hair back. <laughs> fucking laughed. Second and like question. Leans away, like looks at like the, the fucking stars. <laughs> Second question. Same thing. You know where they got that from though, though, right? What? They stole it from old school. Oh, did they? Okay. Where where Will Farrell, they ask him a question like, Oh, there's no way he's gonna notice. And he's going against uh, the raging Cajun, what the hell is his name? James Carville. And like Will Farrell goes. And the economic, like he breaks into just like Orange Cassidy did. I I don't know if I've popped. I don't know if I popped any harder than I did when Y2J showed up after the countdown stopped than I did when Orange Cassidy. Which was 25 years ago, by the way. Yes, I know. Monday. And I just, I I looked into TV and I heard him spew this, this whole climate change thing. And I'm like, (sighs) jaw dropped. I was like, holy shit, he speaks. It was awesome. And then he got the shit kicked out of him. But then, now, this past week with Orange Cassidy, and I'm sorry to ruin it for people who didn't see it, Orange Cassidy beat Jericho. Fine. A lot of of botches for my taste. I also think because, I don't know, Jericho did a Fozzie show over the weekend in Sturgis, and then he had to go do a wrestling. I'm sure he pounded a few back, and I'm sure he wasn't just in good enough shape to do a wrestling match three days later. Anyway. Botch fest, but... Jericho puts over Orange Cassidy. Yeah, but he's never had an issue with that. No, and it's it's perfect. You look at everybody in AEW from the Rhodes, from Cody. Sorry, I don't want to get gimmick infringed. From Rhodey, from <laughs> Rhodey, <laughs> Cody, to the Bucks and Omega, to Jericho, to everybody. It's not. I'm the CEO. It's. Here's your gimmick. Go flourish. No, here you are. Go do what you do. Because think about it. Other than what? Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Which are entertaining. I'll give them that. And those dudes in the Dark Order with the masks. A little weird, but okay. But like everybody has a gimmick that is believable in the sense of that. You could see that that's their real personality. You know, where yes. it's like, yeah. it's not, it's not, I don't think that Seth Rollins thinks he's a god. You know, like. Everything's just a gimmick. It's not nothing. Right. Like, does he, does he maybe think that in a little back of his head? Like, hey, I'm the star of WWE. Yeah. yeah. But like. His script doesn't. I don't think that. if you meet him outside, like Randy Orton, I think it is Randy Orton. So like, all, I think if you meet Randy Orton outside, like in a fucking in a bar Fridays or something, he's just going to be a straight up asshole. So he's going to be the undertaker in real life. Right. But he's I don't think he's living his gimmick. I think that's him. Oh, okay. And I think okay. there's that's the difference with AEW and WWE. AEW has so many more guys that I think are living 
the gimmick or the gimmick is them as opposed to I'm on TV. I have to be the fiend. And when you see me in public, I'm just going to be the guy at Joe's Crab Shack. If that makes sense. Like I heard that the undertaker lived his gimmick in the beginning. Like he drove around in a hearse with fucking Paul bear, you know, like I, like those are the things that you go, okay, it's cool that you're doing that, but it's 2020 now and you need your gimmick to be. Can you, is that who you are? Can you imagine the fiend or Bray Wyatt or, um, Wyndham Rotunda, however you'd like to name him, or Braun Strowman in AEW. These characters, as they are in AEW. Yeah, I I like to think how awesome would Bray Wyatt would have been in the Attitude Era with him and Mankind having a match and him and Austin. You know, like it would have been great. Papa Shango. because you got gimmick and gimmick. It's the same kind of thing. Yeah? I'm um, the boogeyman. The boogeyman. Uh, we Matt do Hardy voiceover work. busted open. Sammy Guevara got shit for that. He took the wrong chair. I, I yeah. guess I guess like how they have certain tables that are semi cracked in the away. middle or whatever and they break. There's a certain there's a certain chair you use, but he didn't. He took up like the regular plastic chair you can pick up from like Lowe's and Home Depot. Yeah. Tossed it at his head, cracked him open. God, you know what? I could see Matt Matt Hardy being like the kind of guy with like, "Hey, kid, you picked up the wrong chair. You hit me. It's all right. We sold it. We you, sold it because the next this Wednesday, you know, yeah. he brought the chair out with him. He yeah. did his signs during the commercial. It, you know, it, I would have had the "Hey, Matt, have a seat," you know, kind of sign. It it works, but you know that Guevara is going to get it. Because of it, because that's the way the old school wrestling stuff was. Yeah, but none of these guys are really old school except for Jericho and Cody. Really, uh, I'm sure um, Hardy's a little bit. He, from what I read, Hardy was pissed. But it's not one of those I fucking hate you. It's no. he was pissed that he was pissed that he got hurt. But it got over. Fine, we'll deal with it. Gavar- did you see the fucking? The splash that he did off of the stage onto Matt Hardy while he was bleeding. And then fucking Yeah. That was awesome. Like JR said in one of his podcasts, he doesn't like the high spots every five seconds. I I don't either. Like it's one of those you have fifteen guys standing outside the ring looking up, and some guy's like, Okay, I'm gonna steady myself, I'm gonna steady myself. Five minutes later he does a backflip. Don't you think the guys would move? (laughs) But that's part of the reason why I think and I'm probably in a minority here. I think the young bucks are overrated. I think so too, a little bit. If, if, they, if, they, if they were, they would have been awesome in the early TNA against Christopher Daniels and Saban, you yeah. know, with the X division matches yeah. with the fucking X in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like they would have been awesome in a spot fest like that. But again, going back to, I know we're talking about wrestling. I know it's fake, but there needs to be some sort of realistic, mm-hmm you know, aspect yes. of it. Yes, you're acting. Don't do a cool thing where, you know, like the guy comes running to you and you kind of like scoop him up by the ass and throw him up into a power, into bomb, a power bomb guy. Like, come on, like that's not realistic. Yeah. You know, like 3D by the Dudley boys was realistic. Like I'll pick him up 
and you just slam them down. Like those kind of double team moves. But like, I don't know. I think there was one, I think I saw Page and, and Omegas where like pay, Hangman Page flips over yes. the rope while Omega's going to belly to back. And like, they are, like, you're not doing anything. Like realistically, you're not hurting a person. You're only doing your two moves together in a sandwich. Um, they're do- AEW is doing a women's tag team tournament thing on like U- on their YouTube channel kind of stuff. They brought Medusa to intro it. They signed Vicky Guerrero. Excuse me, Vicky Guerrero. Um, they have Vicky and uh, Eddie's daughter doing um, uh, announcing work and stuff, which is pretty cool. Um. Then they bring out Paul Ellering's daughter too. Yeah, she was on uh, AW Dark. Uh, so that's another reject from, air quote reject from uh, WWE. Um, the women's champion still has an open challenge to anybody, and nobody's stepping up. And I swear, and I used our our show account to mention Tess Blanchard. And I'll say it again on this podcast: you need to sign an AEW. For once, I will agree with Paul Cornette or um, Jim Cornette. Jim. For once, I will agree with him. She needs to go to AEW. And she needs to dominate and get that title off of Hikiro Shida. She she was in AEW, the first show. Oh, was that it, all, all or Nothing, I think it was. I think I think I remember. The very first show, I think yeah. she, was, she was on that show. But... So I like Sam. I'm gonna say it every week. Between him, Orange Cassidy, I think that's your new breed of wrestler. Or the Orange Cassidy ish. The, the 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 build. Okay. You know, where it's not this super giant Luchasaurus monster the, anymore. The anti Vince mold right i think it's it's gonna be that more like you still need those big guys because you need to have your david and goliath kind of story but i think you're gonna see those guys where kind of your eddie guerrero build yeah wcw eddie guerrero build not wwe yes your chris benoit your ben your dean malenko builds where yeah there's muscle there's tone but it's more about their ability to what they can do in the ring. No, I agree with that. Definitely agree with that. Um, they made a big point this Wednesday to call out the fact that Mike Kyoto, former referee from WWE, signed with AEW. JR, Jericho, and Taz. Cody. Just lit him up. Like he was yeah, gone, awesome. and everybody see, and everybody is like, "What's that guy's name? Who's that referee in the WWE that had that mustache, jet black hair, mustache? I forget his name. Crap. Anyway, you're like, oh, he should be in there too. I'm like, he's probably like ninety. The guy that used to own the bar and fucking drive around with uh, Andre the Giant. No, not. I forget what it was. Anyway, Tim, whatever his name was. Um, the you know what again. Bringing in like Mike Kyoto, you bring in Rusev, and he only lets Mike Kyoto ref his matches. Was that a thing? And in... no, that's what I would have him do. Like, oh, you look familiar. Oh. Where did you work? <laughs> have you been a ref a lot? And Jericho you have did them. That. 
Jericho the Hey, right. I, I saved your job once. And you have them pretend. Yes. And then I don't want them to rush into AEW, but you definitely do. A AEW doesn't rush things. Former WWE guys versus. Yeah. Oh, AEW guys. And and you, do, and you go, hey, Cody, what side do you go on? Yep. So we got one more thing here in the wrestling segment. Are you a fan or not of MJF? I told you from day one when I watched All or Nothing. I said there's a guy who's in the ring right now in like a Royal Rumble kind of match with a scarf on. And he, he's not even throwing people out. He's just talking shit to the camera. Do you think he's the next Rock? I think, what is he? He's only like 22 or 23 years old. Correct. He's good. He he cuts a really, really good promo. Where does a 23-year-old get that today? You're a fan growing up. He's essentially, and I, I listened to a thing, uh, uh, Hulk Hogan the other day Bro. and and they asked yeah but it was from like 2019 and they asked him um, do you get upset when you look at these wrestlers like The Rock and, and, and Stone Cold just basically copying what you did and he turned around and he goes you know what he goes I'm not upset about them copying me he goes I opened the door and The Rock kicked the door down that I opened and took it into a different place. Okay. He goes, I had a catchphrase. Rock has a catchphrase. Stone Cold. He goes, all of the great wrestlers have a catchphrase. He goes, did they get that from me? Maybe. He goes, but it's not about that. He goes, it's about how they wrestle that is kind of like he said like an homage to me he goes i didn't get the big pop in the crowd from the body slam he goes or the leg drop he goes it's the build-up to it he goes it's the pointing the finger it's the the grabbing the ear can you hear me he goes that's what people want to see because they know what's coming and that's better than when it actually happens okay and he goes, that's what all of the great wrestlers can do. It's the buildup. That's the explosion, not the actual move. He goes, I dropped a leg on a guy. Yeah. That was my move. He goes, the rock drops an elbow on a guy. He goes, but it's the buildup. And he goes, you don't see a lot of that today. And MJF is all about the buildup. The whole thing with him kissing a ring. I don't know where he got that from. I get that they're playing off of the political um, spectrum. Him walking down the hallway and pushing the guy out of the way for being in his shot. Did you see that? Yeah. Where he came out and he was like, that gum is great. And she's like, oh, I had him pick up. I'm not talking to you. That's the rock. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's the rock throwing the fucking towel on Coachman's head or whoever he used to do it on. Yes. That's him saying, well, The Rock thinks that you should, you know, all these poor people should get back in their refrigerator boxes and head on past, you know, like that's the shit that MJF is doing. And it's it's working for him. Yeah. The problem is he needs to tighten it up. Yeah. I don't want to see him wrestle in the shirt like The Rock did because he was getting lipo before he can get into shape. 
he needs to tighten it up a little. Yeah. And he needs he doesn't he's a guy that doesn't need to be in a title hunt. No, you can give him something low. Like you, you can have him like feud with Cody for like years and it'd still be okay. He is in the second biggest heel in that company. By far. Yeah, Jericho's number one, right? Or or is it Jericho or is it Inner Circle? It ain't Jericho. It's Jericho. Because I'm not really I don't like go when I see Sammy Gravaro or Hager. We the Hager. When I see them wrestle, I'm not going like, oh, that's the bad guy in this match. Yeah, they're not there yet with their heelness. And they're nothing. Well, not Sammy Gravano, but Hager's nothing without Jericho. No, he, he's 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 a bodyguard, and that's just like that. What is it? War now? Warlow? Warlow is nothing without MJF. Warlow is like a watered down um, Rhino. Not yeah. not Republican in name only. I'm talking Rhino as in ECW Rhino. Yeah. AEW what? needs. They don't need to be polished. They don't need a spit shine. Like you said, a little tightening up. A crowd does wonders. They had 150 people. Okay. That's 150 people more than WWE has. Sounds better. It looks it looks fresher. I'm not going to say it looks better because they still need to tighten up stuff. You look at Kyoto, man. Some shots where he was like turning around in the ring to get out of the shot. And he turned around and his stomach followed him. Oh, the stripes all. They're bigger stripes on those referee uniforms. You know, that's a couple of pounds. The fact that AEW puts a lady wrestler in a main eventy kind of thing with Jericho, and Jericho plays it off like the best heel ever. Like, he gets to that point where he wants to slap her, and she claps back, and Jericho's yep. like, oh, shit, sorry. It's good. The little things like that make it the fucking best, in my opinion. That's yep. my two Hope cents. they keep it up. Keep it up, he says. All right, I think we've gone for almost two hours. No, I don't have to. What'd you learn today? Oh, sorry, wrong show. <laughs> we'll get to that sooner and later. Hi, Sticks and Super Kicks podcast, folks. Go ahead and go to HSS, hsskpod.podbean.com. Email us at hsskpodcast.gmail.com. Rob and Dave, your friends, your pals, talking about the perfect blend of hockey and pro wrestling. We do it almost on a, on a weekly basis. Get yeah, in contact with us. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, HSSKPod. Once my basement gets remodeled, we could do it more often, especially since I don't work at night anymore. Voila! Can work on a little bit more. Do more stuff. You want to be part of the show? Let us know. It's all remote. Technology is a wonderful thing. I work in it. I love it. Be a part of the Zoom Fest. Whether it's here or the side project. Whatevs. Whatever. I will be an AEW mark to the day I die. It's funny that AEW is doing Dynamite on a Saturday. I was waiting for somebody to say, hey, we're going to be doing it on a Saturday. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't. We can't talk about that anymore. <laughs> just drop the... Just drop the name, you know? You know what I'm saying? 
Good times. Good times. I have fun doing this. It's good talking. Look, I made a comment today on, on social media. Patrick Kane scored a goal. I said, I hate the fact that I love wrestling and hockey because every time I hear that, oh, Kane scores, I think of the fucking... Dun, 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 dun. That should be his goal song. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe by the Stanley Cup Finals. Right. I already know if I was in the NHL what my goal song would be. It's easy. Woo! Shawn, Ma- Shawn Michaels. <laughs> You're just a sexy boy. Think huh, I'm Dave? cute. <laughs> no, I'm sexy. You That's you, what they should have did in the you, playoffs. They should have let every player pick their own goal song. You are a rhinestone cowboy, my friend. All right, any last words for the folks out there, hockey and wrestling fan alike? Toodles, wear your mask. <laughs>